Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I'm excited to share with you some simple but powerful ideas for discipling children or for family discipleship. So if you're a mom looking for ways to train your children, even if they're young children, in gospel-centered living, or if you have influence over children's lives in some way, I pray that these tips, these ideas, will be really practical help to you in how you can point children towards the gospel. We've been going through spiritual lessons from Corey Ten Boom, and this is somewhat of a rabbit trail, but at the same time, in a way, it was inspired by her work with mentally disabled children and young people before she started helping Jews before the Nazis took over Holland. She had this really powerful ministry where she would really share the gospel with those that other people said, you know, they can't understand it, their their minds won't grasp it. She she came up with very powerful yet simple ways to lead them closer to Jesus Christ. So that's what I want to share with you today, how we can influence the children in our lives to give their lives radically to Jesus. Before we jump in, I wanted to mention that we have an amazing and powerful tool for family discipleship, for couples growing together spiritually in our Ellerslie online program. There's only one more day to register for this 2022 Ellerslie online program, and you can register by a donation of any size and gain access to this program all the way through the end of July. There are daily teaching videos about 20 to 30 minutes long from Eric and myself and our Ellerslie team as well as loads of other bonuses, things that are very spiritually rich and very engaging for any age. It's a wonderful way to just build and bring truth into your home and to pass on core principles of the gospel that you may struggle to articulate to your children, to your family. So just go to ellerslie.com and click Ellerslie online for more information about how to register by donation, or you can click the link in the description of this podcast. Hope to see you in that program. So let's jump into simple ideas for family discipleship or passing the gospel along to the children in our lives. First and foremost, it's so critical that we pass on a bigger vision, God's bigger vision for their lives. It's very easy to just sort of settle for status quo. You know, if you go to church, if you go to Sunday school, if you pray every so often, that's you're good to go. <laughs> Rather than God wants all of you and he has an amazing purpose for your for your life, he wants to work through you to powerfully impact this world. Eric and I just recently did a session for a homeschool conference called Raising up the next generation of Hudson Taylors. For those of you who don't know, Hudson Taylor is known as the father of modern missions, and he had influence over the country of China, unlike hardly any missionary in history ever has. And he inspired hundreds of thousands of missionaries who followed in his footsteps. And what's really interesting about Hudson Taylor's story is that he didn't start out with a passionate devotion to Jesus Christ. It was the influence of his mother that pointed him in that direction. When he was a teenager, he wasn't really walking closely with the Lord, even though he had grown up in a Christian home, he had just kind of fallen away and just didn't really have that that spiritual hunger. His mother was very burdened for him and she was away visiting relatives. She fell on her knees one day, locked herself in the guest room, cried out to God on behalf of her son that he would rescue him and redeem his soul and give him a passion for the gospel. 
She stayed on her knees for hours until she had the assurance that God had heard and answered her prayer. At the same time, miles away, Hudson was walking through his father's study, happened to see a track sitting on the shelf. He picked it up, started looking through it. It completely grabbed his heart, and he got down on his knees in that study and radically gave his life to Jesus. So a few days later, when his mother came home, she met him at the door, or he met her at the door and said, I have something to tell you. And she said, I already know you've given your life to Jesus. And what an amazing thing, because here was a mother burdened for her child, not knowing really how to communicate the passion that she wanted him to have, and yet she knew exactly where to go, and that was to her knees. She knew that she couldn't force Hudson to have a passion for God, but God could do that miracle in his heart. She was just a vessel, a tool that could be part of the process. And Hudson really relied on the strength of his parents, especially his mother, all throughout his missionary journey, and they remained close, and she gave him advice and counsel, even after he was married, even after he was a missionary in China. So really, when an incredible encouragement to all of us who wonder, you know, can I really make a difference in this child's life? He doesn't seem or she doesn't seem to really want to go after God. I feel helpless. Go to your knees because the power of prayer, it shouldn't be an afterthought, is really our primary tool for watching God do miracles right in front of us. And one of the ways that we can pass on this vision for something more for our children is to constantly give them that example of of spiritual passion. You know, it's really easy to want the children in our lives to have spiritual passion, but forget to cultivate that spiritual zeal, that spiritual passion in our own lives. The Word of God says that we are never to be lacking in zeal, but to keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And that is only possible by the grace of God. But there is a really big difference in parents or in influencers who teach children to pursue a real devotion to Jesus Christ and parents or influencers who simply just teach them good, solid life principles and morals. There's nothing wrong with life principles and morals, but are we settling for the good and failing to go after the more? And I've shared this story before on this podcast, but Leonard Ravenhill, who was a a world evangelist, wrote many books, no longer alive, but he walked passionately with God all of his life. And he got saved at the age of 14. And it was really his father's influence that caused him to radically give his life to Christ. And even at 84 years old, he did this radio interview that I heard when he was 84 years old. And he still had this spiritual fire, this passion that had not faded. And he talked about how he got that from his father's example as a young boy. And this is what he said in the interview. I was 14 and I wanted to understand my father's zeal for God. My daddy relished reading the word of God. He relished going to prayer meetings, even half nights of prayer. I never saw him downcast. I never thought I never saw him thinking about giving up. When he got saved, he tossed away his interest in professional football and everything else. I saw his joy, even though we lived in comparative poverty and hadn't much money because my daddy was a laborer. I remember him taking me to a half night of prayer when I was 14. And my daddy, who was a big husky man, taking off his coat at one o'clock in the morning in a room that had no heat and praying with tears and fervor. From that very day, I recognized that there was something far beyond what the average Christian had. I got saved at 14. I'm 84 now. I've seen all kinds of tragedies in the church. I've seen wars and rumors of wars. I've seen popular men go unpopular, but I keep looking to Jesus and remembering these old paths that my daddy used to talk about so much, and it makes all the rest look like trivia. So again, here is an 84-year-old 
godly man with spiritual fire. He doesn't look back on his childhood and remember his education or the material things his father gave him. He remembers his father's zeal for the Lord. And the question we need to ask, is that what our children or the children in our lives that we have influence with, is that what they will remember about us? Andrew Murray said this, example is better than precept. Let parents be what they want their children to be. There are a lot of Christian parents who do good things in their homes, but there are not a lot of Christian parents who lead their children into passionate, radical, total givenness to Jesus Christ. They set the example for their children through their own passionate devotion to Christ. And that is really where it begins. If you are looking for a way to influence children in your life toward a radical devotion to Christ, start with your own soul and say, how do I cultivate that spiritual fire in my own life? Because the more that God desires for our families, for our children, it can't just be found in good parenting skills or having the right homeschool curriculum. We often get caught up in those things, but it's really only found in lives that are radically given to the one who gave everything for us. And one thing you can know is that if Jesus Christ is in his rightful place in your life, you will be successful in leading your little ones or the children in your life, leading them closer to him. So here are some practical ways that you can do that. Pursue Jesus first. Put Jesus first, especially if you are a busy mom with young children at home. It's very easy to put other things first and add Jesus in as an afterthought because we want to be good mothers. We want to be good homemakers. And so it's really easy to focus all of our energy on raising responsible kids, teaching them to work hard, educating them well, keeping our family socially connected with with people in our community or pursuing good opportunities for our children or providing financially for them. All of those things are good, but they are not the first thing. Now, what is that first thing? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. When we seek Jesus Christ first, above all else in our personal lives, in our families, everything that is lovely and right and pure is naturally cultivated as an outflow of our love relationship with him. Pursuing Jesus first is what will bring lasting fruit to our discipleship of children, just like Leonard Ravenhill's father or Hudson Taylor's mother demonstrated. Now, if discipling children, discipling your own children or other children God's brought into your life, if that feels like a burden or if it feels overwhelming, it's because we don't really understand who Jesus is or who he wants to be in our lives. He provides everything we need when we go to him. It's like that parable that I often talk about of the banquet, the man who gave the great banquet feast, and he invited these these friends to the banquet and they all made excuses and they said, you know, I've married a wife, I've bought a piece of land, I've bought this, I've done, I've started a business, I can't come. What were they missing out on? What were they giving up? Their excuses seemed very valid to them, but this banquet feast was so much more valuable. Jesus has everything that we need, like a banquet table, we can come to him every day and gain all of the wisdom, the perspective, the clarity, the energy, the strength, the joy, the peace, the love, the patience, all of these things that we need. He has those things. He's ready to infuse us with those things when we pursue him first, when we go to him and we don't rely on our own strength. So make your time with him 
a priority. And if you have a lot of young children at home, you might have to be creative in doing this. I know when I had five, I had four children under the age of five, that was the time that it probably felt the most impossible to spend time with Christ every day. And you might have a similar situation, but look for those moments when your children are resting, when you're driving alone in your car or doing housework and you're not really being interrupted, when you can just pray and talk with him continually, even while you're busy serving your family. As Amy Carmichael said, the spirit can sit at the master's feet while the hands are busy serving others. That's such a beautiful thought for those of us who feel like we're constantly serving our families. And when are we going to sit down and read our Bible for three hours? Well, it it doesn't always look like reading your Bible for three hours, but you can commune and dwell in the presence of Jesus Christ every day if you are purposeful about doing that. And I've said many, many times, listening to audio scripture is a wonderful way to do that. Listening to edifying audiobooks like Christian biographies. And then I love to book in my day with little bursts of edifying truth from, from those classic devotionals like Daily Light or My Utmost for His Highest or Streams in the Desert, those books that have been around for generations that have such pithy, poignant truths in them that you can just pick them up and read a few sentences and it draws you closer to Jesus Christ. Those are some practical ways that you can pursue Jesus first. So what practically can we do right now to help children, our children or other children we have influence with, prepare to radically give their lives to Jesus Christ, to choose that Hudson Taylor mentality, my life is no longer my own, I've been bought with a price, I am all in for Jesus. How do we cultivate that right now in a practical way in our children? We so often want like an A to Z plan and outline. Okay, tell me step one, tell me step two, tell me step three. But Leonard Ravenhill's father didn't have an A to Z plan. He had passionate devotion to Christ. Leonard Ravenhill will talk about going with him to these prayer meetings where he would watch his father pray with tears all night, just cry out to God and how much he loved sharing the gospel with other people. That made such an impact, way more of an impact on Leonard's life than if his father had just got this curriculum and gone through step one through step 10 of discipling him. A curriculum can be helpful, books can be helpful, but if you don't have that example of passion for Christ that you can live out in front of your children, it's going to fall flat. It's, it's going to fall short of that, that bigger vision. There are a few other simple everyday things you can do that have a very big impact on children's lives and giving their lives radically to Christ. First, as we mentioned earlier, prayer. Don't treat prayer as an afterthought. If you cry out to God on behalf of your children, he will hear, he will answer, and he will open doors of conversation. He will open those opportunities for you to invest truth in your child's life And he will prepare that child's heart to receive that truth. That foundation is laid in prayer. If you try to rush in there without inviting Christ to do the work and you try to do it in your own strength, it doesn't matter how brilliant your reasoning skills are or how eloquent your speech is. If God has not prepared the soil of that child's heart, it's still not going to hit the mark. And that soil is prepared through prayer. So cry out to God just as Amelia Taylor, Hudson Taylor's mother did um, on behalf of her son. And even if it's just a five-minute prayer every day for your young children, that they would have a heart that is hungry for the things of God. Remember that God cares more about these children's lives than we ever could. So we are not praying to a distant God who doesn't care, who doesn't want to answer these prayers. And don't give up if the answer doesn't come right away. You know, Hudson Taylor's mother had that weekend of prayer and God brought the breakthrough after a few days. But I've known other mothers, other parents who have prayed for years for their children until the breakthrough finally comes. And so just be patient and don't give up and be relentless and rod move. 
Secondly, as we've mentioned, they need to see our passion for Jesus Christ. So looking for ways that you can share what God is doing in your lives. A lot of times, so looking for ways that you can share what God is doing in your life is a great way to do this. We often as a family will sit around and talk about what we're learning in scripture. Eric and I will share things that God has convicted us about and how God is refining us like the refiner's fire and the specific ways that he's doing that. And we'll pray together as a family. We want our children to see our passion for Christ lived out. Another way that is really powerful to gain their passion for Christ or to open their heart toward a passionate devotion to Christ is to hear testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives. So Eric and I will go back years. We'll go back to the time when God was first drawing us to himself and talk about those stories and talk about what God did in writing our love story and talk about how God worked in our early ministry years and just the times when we felt that we were at our wits end and God came through for us, the times when we didn't know what to do and we prayed for wisdom, the times when we needed God's protection and he protected us. So often in modern Christianity, our children are hearing a lot of negative things, even in the church, because the world is has become dark and there are a lot of conflicts around us. And we all sense that things are growing darker and darker. And I've sensed even in Christian circles, there's a lot of dour, doom and gloom perspectives. And that can be easily passed on to our children. What they need to be hearing is stories of how big God is, how faithful he is. It's kind of like that story in scripture of Elisha with his servants. When the the Syrian army was coming against these two men, the servant could only see the threat of the Syrian army. But Elisha prayed that God would open his servant's eyes. And suddenly his eyes were open and he could see the reality of heaven and the whole mountainside filled with heavenly warriors ready to take the Syrian army down. And Elisha was sort of like, you know, we have nothing to worry about. We serve the God of heaven because we power of the enemy, the power of the world and the culture. And that's what our children need to be hearing from us. So look for ways that you can share God's faithfulness. Even when Eric and I are going through really hard times and really difficult things, tests of faith and and disappointments, we still will make a a very concerted effort to share God's faithfulness both in the past and how he is presently being faithful to us even in the midst of difficult times. They need to catch a vision for the more that God has for them. And one of the best ways to do that is to read them Christian biographies. One of the reasons I love Christian biographies is because you see these ordinary men and women who didn't have any special abilities beyond a radically given surrendered heart to Jesus Christ. And you see what God can do through lives that are totally submitted to him, holding nothing back. And I love the fact that you know the end of the story. There might be modern people who come on the scene and seem to be impressive, but you don't really know how that story is going to end. And yet with Christian biographies, you know that they ran the race and they kept the faith like Paul. Also, there can be people in your life today that you want to point out to your children, men and women who are giving their lives radically to Jesus and are making hard decisions to put Jesus first. If you know people like that, expose your children to those people, allow them to hear those stories, those testimonies, and point out what you see in these believers' lives and why their lives are so powerful, why they demonstrate that that bigger vision. Also, we can train our children to have a love, a passion for the word of God. So whether that's memorizing scripture together, having scripture on in the background, sharing our favorite scriptures, having everyone in the family choose a life verse that they memorize. We have done a lot of those things in our home, and sometimes we become 
lax about the word of God, but whenever we make it a a focal point, a high priority, it is really amazing how it expands our children's passion and vision for the gospel being central in their lives. Lastly, I would say that there are many things we can do, simple things we can do with children to cultivate an outward focused mentality, a missionary heart in them starting at a very young age. I've told the story many times of my son Hudson when he was three and a half, finding out about orphans in Haiti and wanting to adopt 20 orphans. And I taught him about orphans and why they needed help and that they didn't have a mommy or daddy. And his solution was, let's bring 20 orphans home and I'll share my mommy and daddy with them. And I told him we didn't really have room for <laughs> 20 orphans. He went animals. We had some in our room, some in the in his little sister's room, some in the hall, some in the bathroom, several in his room. And he said, we do have room. He was demonstrating at the age of three and a half a very profound aspect of the gospel, which is bringing the poor that are cast out into your house, sharing what you have with those in need. And that was largely one of the reasons that we adopted four children was because Hudson gained a passion for orphans at a very young age. So don't underestimate how early you can begin turning them outward and giving them that gospel heart. One of the things we love to do with our children is take them to the local Starbucks and ask the baristas how we can pray for them or write special notes to them talking about how Jesus loves them. One of the things I've noticed is that whereas the adults in places like that may not respond very well to Eric and I trying to share the gospel with them, but when it's a adorable little child giving them a note about how Jesus loves them, it just melts their heart. It just brings down their defenses and they oftentimes will get teary-eyed. And so our children have this sense that they are bringing the gospel to the unsaved and yet it really makes a powerful impact on the unsaved when a child is sharing the gospel in that simple way. So looking for ways to turn your children outward and help them become catalysts for the gospel among the unsaved in your community. It's wonderful to go on mission trips and go to Mexico or Haiti or Africa, and that can be incredible. We, we, t- we took Hudson on his first mission trip at the age of seven to Haiti, but when it's not possible to go overseas, go down the street to your local Starbucks or your local Chick-fil-A and you'll find an amazing mission field where you can train your children in gospel-centered living. So I hope some of these suggestions will spark inspiration in your own life with the children that God has brought across your path, or maybe just tuck away these ideas for the future if you don't have children you're influencing right now. But keep in mind that God does the work. All we must do is surrender to him. Discipling children effectively is not about being perfect or doing everything perfect. It's about being Discipling children effectively is not about being perfect or doing everything perfect. It's being fully surrendered to the only one who is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. When we come to him and say, Lord, I'm willing, work through me. I feel weak. I feel inadequate, but you are strong. You can be sure that God will begin to mightily work in this area of your life. It's so exciting that he gives us the privilege of leading little ones to himself. I pray that you and I would rise up to the challenge by his grace. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to truly live a Christ-centered life, visit us at setapartgirl.com and check out the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.